Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Live from Indianapolis, it's MASH Matters. Well, actually, it's not live from Indianapolis. Uh, Right now, Jeff, we are not in Indianapolis, but we were. We were. Yes. Do you know what the theme song to Indianapolis is? No, what is it? Well, that's catchy. <laughs> Once it gets in your head, you know, you can never. I know. I'm going to be humming that all day now. All day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, we were recently in the same room together at the Indiana Comic Convention in Indianapolis. Loretta Swit and Jamie Farr were there as well. That was my first time at one of these comic conventions. I think it was the same for you, right? It was my first time, too. It was a very interesting experience. Mm -hmm. What was interesting is certainly meeting all the folks that came to see the MASH folks and uh, came to meet us all and say hello and get some autographs. That was great. Um, But what was really interesting and somewhat disturbing (laughs) were there were people dressed as dinosaurs walking around and their famous, their best cartoon and an ant woman came by. Yes. Yes. You know, I just, I'd never seen that. I've Mm -hmm. seen it, you know, Halloween, somebody comes to the door dressed like a tramp. But I'd never experienced <laughs> that many ladybugs walking around or dinosaurs or, you know, superheroes and all that stuff. It was very interesting. They do a real, that's what they do. I was wondering why you were giving them candy when they came up to the counter. And now it makes sense. I would give them anything. I mean, a ladybug comes up to you and says, hi, you're going to go here, ladybug. Yeah. Come on, go. Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was, it was interesting. I had never been one either. And getting to hang out with you and Loretta and Jamie, it was a very surreal moment for me to uh, not only spend some time with you behind the scenes, but also there was a special MASH Q&A and I had the pleasure of moderating that Q&A. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It was really fun to see you in person. Uh, we don't get a chance to do that very often, so it was no. a real it was a real joy to do that, and we had a good time. And you did a, a magnificent job as the host, <laughs> moderator, and MC of that panel. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for doing it. So today on this episode, we're actually going to play you the audio from that Q&A. So it's uh, Jeff and myself and also Loretta Swit and Jamie Farr. Exciting. Very exciting. It was a lot of fun to have people come up and ask questions. I would love to have had that panel go on a lot longer because I was having a good time. I was a little quieter than normal, I thought, <laughs> did you think? But, you know, with Jamie Farr and uh, Loretta Swit. You got to jump in there when they take a breath. You yeah. got to jump in. Yeah. It was a shame that it couldn't have been a little bit longer. There were still about 12 or 15 people standing in line uh, waiting to ask a question when we wrapped up. And I felt bad that we had to wrap up. But they have a schedule there, and there was a giant clock on the floor (laughs) staring at us, counting down. (laughs) And uh, when it hit zero, by golly, we had to get out of there. Yeah, goodbye. We could have talked for another hour. Yeah. So we're going to stop talking now and listen to uh, us talking. (laughs) From the Indiana Comic Convention, here is our conversation with Loretta and Jeff and Jamie. Y'all MASH fans? I mean, are you all MASH fans? Celebrating 50 years this year. Yeah, the big 5-0. They don't look a day over 49, though. It's really nice. Um, 
Hi, uh, I want to introduce myself. My name is Ryan Patrick, and um, I, I, has anybody here ever listened to the, ma the podcast MASH Matters? A few? Okay. If you haven't, mashmatters.com, go to your favorite podcast player uh, and, and download. Uh, I host the show along with uh, another guy named Jeff Maxwell. Uh, before we get started, we have a little video to show you right here. As I said before, uh, 50 years. MASH turns 50 this year. How, how does that, uh, how does, what does that make you feel when you hear that MASH is turning 50 this year? How the hell did we get that? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I mean, it has staying power. That's the, that's the wonderful thing about MASH is that, it, you know, it's just as popular today as it was when it debuted in 1972. Uh, why, why do you think that is? It's relevant still. It's amazing. Uh, two things occur, I think. Gee, we haven't come a long way then. We're having the same problems. We're dealing the same issues, different wars, but there we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, at the same time, so proud of the show that uh, it was able to deal with those controversial and uh, relevant issues in, in an entertaining and yet uh, profound way. And I think that's why it's still, it still, it continues to go, because it's like happening today. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, it is. Yeah, it's still very relevant. Is this on? Yes. It is on, yes. <laughs> Just checking. You'd think. Jeff will shave in a moment. <laughs> you'd think doing a podcast, he would know how to use a microphone by now, <laughs> yeah. you would think. Uh, Jeff. Oh, hi. How hi. are you? Hi. How are you? Good. <laughs> No, lovely to see you, Ryan. It's great to see you. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, this is this this I believe, uh, Jeff, is your first comic convention, isn't it? This is my first comic convention. Yes, yeah. it is. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Very exciting. That, that's and, a little, uh, uh, you know. Well, good. you want to take a moment and wait and see if he's going <laughs> to be good and get applause. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you're assuming. <laughs> You're assuming he's going to be great, which is nice. You know, it's nice. Well, assumptions are all right. But first, I have to say, uh, it's my first comic convention, but I am so pleased to be here with these two people who I love dearly. And uh, Loretta Swit and Jamie Farr are two of the most wonderful people, and I spent a lot of years with them. I love them dearly, and thank you for... It kind of forcing me to do this, Loretta, because I did. you, you <laughs> know, well, did. you know, the major in me came yeah, out. That she got to do this. You, you don't it's mess fun. with the major. <laughs> she said, "You're going to the convention. You go to the convention." Because I, I know I, you I, want him. This guy is so well, great, so funny, I, so wonderful, and I knew you would, you know, 
Love but, it. But thank you both, and I'm so proud to be your friends and to have spent so many years with these things, so these people. So a nice little round of applause for these two wonderful oh. human beings. Thank you. And me too. Okay, go ahead. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, Jamie and Loretta, this is not your first convention. You've been to many of these. Why do you like to come out to these Comic-Con conventions and, and go meet, go ahead. meet these fans? Go ahead. You go first. To pay my taxes. There you go. <laughs> I like the answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, the reason for that is because, as Loretta said and as uh, Jeff has said, you, the, the amazing love that we get from the audiences that uh, have watched our show over the years uh, again, it wasn't just a TV show. It wasn't just entertainment. It seemed to be an inspiration to people. We've had so many people come up to us and tell us that they got into medicine. They, they became doctors and nurses, uh, medics. Or uh, The unfortunate thing is no, no one ever came up and said we became an actor because we watched the show, but that's, that's all right also. But yeah, it's just you know, you, the love that we get from all of you people is just fantastic. I mean, there's been a lot of TV shows that have been on the air, but the relationship that we have with you is, I think, uh, something that, yeah, very, very special that uh, a lot of other TV shows don't, uh, don't have. There's a real love, a real connection. And, and the family, the generations that watch the show, the children that watch the show with their parents, and then they became parents, and then their children, and the grandparents, and everything else, it's just, the lineage is, is incredible. And I want to thank you all. We really do appreciate it from our heart. We're not, uh, we're not the typical Hollywood people that uh, go, oh, Oh, yeah, you know, we're so important and everything else. We really do appreciate your love and admiration, and thank you very much. Uh, if, you, if you have a question, come down here to the microphone. Do you have a question, sir? Uh, yes, yeah, sir. step up to the microphone here. And uh, sure. wh what's your name? My name is Patrick Stern. Turn, speak into the microphone there. Can you there. hear me? Patrick, is yeah. that you said? Patrick? Yeah, Jim, if it wasn't for Pete Rose, you wouldn't have to pay any taxes. <laughs> but that, that's not my question. My question is, you work so hard to be an actor, and to be the good actor, you've got to kind of live the role. Does living the role after the show's over change your life? Is this to me? Yeah. Oh. Anybody, no, to anybody. I just know that Pete Rose cost you a lot of money. I mean, if it wasn't for Pete Rose, you wouldn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> you wouldn't have to be here. You just kind of put the money in your pocket, but that's a different story. Well, Jeff, did you want to answer that? Has it changed your life? I'm not sure I understand the question about Pete Rose. <laughs> it, it, is, here, he, is he here? Pete, Pete, are you here? Uh, did it change my life? Um, uh, well, the role didn't, uh, and I use the term role lightly. It was more like a biscuit. But anyway, um, it, did it change my life? It changed my life in that I work with some incredibly talented, wonderful people who inspired me and uh, gave me a lot. And so I learned a great deal. I kind of grew up with these folks. And so that changed my life. The role necessarily didn't. So I'm waiting for a role to change my life. When you're prepared for your roles, it kind of, in order to be an actor, you've kind of got to be the role. Does it change your life after you've been, been the role? Can, can I uh, just, the two favorite people of mine uh, I, I often listen to, uh, and it wasn't, uh, not that I don't believe in Stanislavski and, and Chekhov and all those things, but James Cagney used to say uh, about acting, you look the other actor straight in the eye and tell them the truth. Hmm. Spencer Tracy used to say, you show up on time, know your lines, and don't bump into the furniture. 
And that's, that's the kind of thing that I had done in my lifetime, even though we've done the checkoff things and, uh, you know, what did you have for breakfast and uh, how your mother passed away or something, and you get images in your mind to, to do it. And, and Loretta uh, can tell you, as, as I, Harry Morgan was one of the most wonderful actors that we ever, ever worked with and could do anything burlesque, he could do uh, serious drama, he could, I, I would imagine he could do Shakespeare. He was an incredible actor. And you never, you never felt that he was, you know, doing uh, Chekhov or Stanislavski, the, the honesty that he brought to it. And I think that's the other thing, the honesty that you bring to your character. The Truth is, there's very little difference between doing Chekhov, Shakespeare, or M.A.S.H. You're doing, the, the role comes from, there's a beautiful Hebrew word, the neshuma. It's not the soul. So you occupy this character, and when you have the luck, the, the blessing of 11 seasons, where you can grow inside the shell of this character, people don't think of us as the characters on those shows. They, the people on that show. We were real people to them, which is why, it's another reason why I think it has such longevity. It continues because you're all people who relate to the people and their problems and their issues and their craziness on that show. They were so relatable. And uh, that's why I think it continues on. And, uh, and uh, as, as Jamie said, inspirational. I, in, in a way, there was a nobility about those, those people because of the jobs they were doing. And they were standing in blood, 18-hour sessions, stitching bodies together that weren't old enough to shave. This is not a good way to live. Yeah. And so out of this came that craziness, that comedy. And we used to say, we're insane so that we can stay sane. That's what it was. That craziness came out of to remind me I'm alive, this is okay, and so let's do this crazy prank. And uh, that was delicious. It was a delicious, unspoken lesson that everyone seemed to get, that this, this is not uh, a fun show. I, I never thought I was doing a family show. I, I was, we were. We brought families together and they're still together, and it goes on. I get mail from grandchildren because they're grandparents and their, their parents and so forth and so on said, watch this, this is a good show. We were babysitting. There was nothing untoward on MASH that a kid couldn't hear. He may not be able to understand at a young age why this man was wearing a dress. <laughs> so on the surface it was funny because Jamie Farr is funny, entertaining, but as they got older and they loved MASH and they loved Jamie and they loved Klinger, they started to understand what the problem was and why he wanted to get out of there. So again, you had all these layers, all these depths, and, and they were all profound, mm. you see. So, um, I, you know, we're all so incredibly proud of the show, what we did and what we were doing. It's just not amazing to me that it has gone on and on. And I call it a global MASH family. It's almost like a cult, only it's healthy. <laughs> you know, really. Now, Jamie said about people who will write in, we became doctors and so on. To live my life knowing that I have affected the lives of people 
I'll never meet. I'll be dead. They'll be talking about why they're a nurse. I'll be dead and buried. Fame, I'm going to live forever. Yes, yes. That character inspired so many people to become nurses. And they write to me and they say, this is why I'm doing what I do, because of what you did. You know, can you imagine living my life, hearing that, reading it every day of my life? Do you know how blessed we feel to be a part of that show? <laughs> you, you were asking about the acting. You know, a lot of people would come up and ask me, you know, how do you, how do you want to be an actor, learn how to be an actor? I said, you want to learn how to be an actor? Do an episode of Love Boat. <laughs> The dialogue on that show, it's a wonderful, entertaining show, but the dialogue on that show was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, they had great actors like Maurice Evans, you know, and, and all kinds of actors, and, and Ralph Bellamy, and, and they made it work yeah. because they're terrific actors. They found some kind of subtext in the characters that they did that made it work, and that's really what acting is about. Uh, you know, a lot of people come in and say, well, I can't do these lines, you know, I have to do, you know, whatever it is. And they were unbelievable. Ginger Rogers, Cornell Wilde, all the, a lot of Turner. Loretta's done a lot of uh, love boats, and I've done a lot of I love boats. I actually did the original uh, movie, the pilot, we call it, with <laughs> Richard Mulligan, who was one of the great actors. And uh, I, I love Love Boat. Uh, first of all, we know everybody and how good and wonderful they are. There is, uh, they call it, you know, quote, love boat acting. It's, it's acting. It's, it's, we're all doing the job. We're doing what we do, what we do best. So you get a script. The love boat scripts have to be lighthearted. You're on a cruise. They do little romances that didn't work or that uh, the two divorced people get together or whatever. You know, it's like lighthearted. I would rather watch that than, let's say, the Hallmark Channel, which is a Hallmark card. Even my mother laughed at Hallmark cards. She said, don't send me these cards. They're meaningless. Because, yeah, yeah, no, nobody, nobody thinks or behaves like that. You know? But there's a place for that on television. There is a place for that kind of romance and 40,000 violins. I just worry that children are watching that and growing up thinking that life can be that magical. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not, that's not what it is. And that's, I think, again, back to MASH, oh, we kind of prepare you <laughs> that life is, is not a song. But um, I, I, uh, I loved doing The Love Boat. There's, there's something wonderful in all the shows, they try to do something wonderful, and there's a place for all of them. It was wonderful for me, too. All of you remember the actress Heather Locklear? Oh, oh yes. yes. I gave Heather Locklear her first on-screen kiss in a love boat. Wow, did you really? <laughs> Holy moly. Wow. Wow. She was on the applause. David Letterman show, and she, she, he, he said to her, did, uh, did you enjoy it? She says, I don't know whether I enjoyed it or not, but I know he did. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question. What's your name? Yeah, hi, I'm Antonio. Hi, I'm from Antonio. Missouri. Um, I, I only came to see you guys, really. I, I didn't really care about the rest Are of you. Are you leaving now after this? <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> but uh, anyway, my, my question uh, goes to 
that um, when when the show was being made, uh, did you uh, roll with specific weather in mind, or did you just have to deal with it from day to day? You know, when it rained, because in Colorado. You talking about on locations? Yeah, yeah, and the locations, like you know, the episodes where you know the weather was colder, raining. Was that you know purposefully done, or did the day just happen and you had to deal with? On location, what would uh, what they would do? And I used to hate this because of the outfits that I had to wear. They would do they would do the summer scenes in the winter. Lady Godiva, you know, when I came out as a lady, I was freezing my tuchus off, you know, and the, and the thing. Did everyone and, see Lady yeah, Godiva, yeah, that yeah. show? <laughs> and, and then in the, in the summertime, they would do the winter scenes. I had that fur coat on, you know, and I'm sweating like crazy. In the day. That was the only thing that we got, we got upset at. And the, uh, the one time that we had a wonderful time, though, Jeff, were you involved in that one where we did the tug of war with the uh, when we? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. We all, why why yeah. don't you tell tell them about that one? That we actually had to go into a a uh, pit mud, mud. Like, yeah, mud, and we had that, a tug of war. We all had. It to was go not into pleasant. It. it was real. It was a real tug of war, and people ended up in the mud and getting very very dirty. It was the last scene yeah. of the day that we did. Yeah. So had, you know, had to be. <laughs> and in speaking of the ranch, I remember the first day I got to mesh. Uh, it was out at the ranch, and you get in a car, and they drive you out to the set. And I got out of the car, and he freezing his took us off. It was really cold. You're just going. <laughs> and we went in, and we, you know, sat around a little warm stove in the uh, in that that tent or the uh, that tin thing. Whatever yeah, it's that a, was. another green room. We yes. green room. Yeah, we're just <laughs> freezing. And then about you know, that's like at seven o'clock in the morning. By 12 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like 112 degrees. So you go from intense cold to really hot. And that's what was really crazy about being out at the, at the ranch. Those location things were really very strange <laughs> with regard to weather. Could, couldn't, have been, couldn't have been better for uh, being in Korea, which is right. the hottest country in, in, on our planet in the summer and the coldest in the winter. This, these are facts I'm giving you, not making it up. You know. Uh, in, in the Korean War, to get serious for a second, the killer, the number one killer, was frostbite. Our boys died or were injured by frostbite. Second was snakebite in the summer. The third was the war. So the casualties were frostbite, snakebite. So, so this really prepared us in a way. I've been to Korea twice, and I've been, to, through, I've been through those weathers, those climates. And uh, it's killer. May I Jamie add, served I in just Korea. I going to tell you that I actually served in Korea in the, uh, the real army. So uh, thank, you. thank you. And I uh, went all the way up to the DMZ, the, uh, the 38th parallel. And the, actually the Korean, the North Koreans had the high ground. So our GIs built a latrine that they could overlook the, <laughs> the latrine, <laughs> which is the bathrooms, you know, that the GIs use. The only thing is, I thought, geez, if you're in there and the, something breaks out, how the hell do you get out at <laughs> in time? You know, the Koreans are attacking you. What, one time, it was so cold, uh, we were coming back from, uh, from uh, Seoul, Korea, to Tachikawa Air Base in, in Japan, and it was a DC-3 airplane. Airplane goes about 200 miles an hour, and uh, it was like a paratrooper's airplane. It weren't comfortable seats. There were benches, corrugated uh, floors on it. 
and uh, we were going over the Sea of Japan and, and uh, be, uh, going be, where the, the point of no return, okay? And the propellers froze on us. There were two propellers on us. And we were starting to go down and they started to give us parachutes. And we had some Air Force guys around. They had never used a parachute at all. And you're looking out the window and, you're, and, the, and the, uh, the pilot's trying to get that uh, engines to go over. You're ping. It's like watching a John Wayne movie. You know, you come on, baby, come on, turn those propellers over like that. And they're giving us the parachute. Well, first of all, if it's freezing and you do parachute out and you think you can do it, you'll, you'll die from uh, uh, thermia. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, hypothermia. <laughs> on the thing. And I kept saying, how the hell did this kid from the north end of Toledo wind up on this damn airplane? <laughs> There's residuals in my life. There's, you know, something out there in my life that, good. Anyway, the, the airplane, because it's a DC-3, uh, and it kept dropping in, in, in altitude, as it, the ice started to come off of the, uh, the wings and the propellers and that, and that's, the thing finally turned over, and you could have heard the cheers and blessings and everything else in that wow. airplane, but it was really very, very frightening. I, when moment. I was at, at the DMZ, the, um, well, it, well, actually, it was outside of that, the camp, uh, the the, the uh, man who was showing me around, I think he was the lieutenant colonel. I remember being outranked and not liking it. <laughs> and uh, he said, here's how we tell how very cold it is today. And he pointed to the American flag. And it was flat out. There were no ripples. It was just painted, like painted on the sky. He said, that's how we know the wind chill is bad, low. Wow. It just, no ripples whatsoever, no movement whatsoever. It was just there against the sky, like that, that frozen propeller. It was really, I mean, it was severe. Any other questions? Yes. Hi, Fred from uh, Brownsburg. Um, I have to thank the producers for 11 years of fabulous show, but also, too, for their foresight from what I was reading in the past, that Jamie was only supposed to be in one episode, and they extended the, his contract for the duration, from what I'm told. <laughs> and then the producers turning around, and that scene with Henry Blank, Blake dying, where they waited to the last minute to give you the last paper um, of what was going to happen to get your re, uh, reality, um, realism of how it happened, because you really didn't know about it. And last, Loretta, your hair is fabulous. <laughs> Are you a hairdresser, sir? Just asking. So, Jamie, you were originally hired just for one Tell day your work. story, yeah. Yeah, what, what happened is, actually, I had discovered many times in this business, you know, it's that uh, Bob Hope used to say, one day you're eating the chicken, the next day you're plucking the feathers. So I was plucking the feathers for a lot of times. And, and, and at this particular time, uh, when uh, I got a phone call, I had worked for Gene Reynolds, who was the producer of the show, uh, on, uh, on a, at a uh, F Troop. I played a stand-up comic Indian on it that uh, I was supposed to be uh, doing jokes for the Hakawi tribe to see if they were going to hire me or not, <laughs> you know. And they gave me all the Milton Berle uh, jokes and the Henny Youngman jokes, you know, uh, instead of take my wife, please, take my squaw, please, and those kind of things. <laughs> so at the, at the, the payoff of the joke was uh, uh, the Hakawi chief says, look, don't, uh, don't smoke signal us, we'll smoke signal you, you know. In other words, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> So at any rate, Gene, if he liked you, he would always put your name in a, in a book. 
and then I did a room 222 uh, for him, uh, but the, the scene was cut out. It, the, the show was too long. And then I got this phone call. I had never seen the movie MASH. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, Buddy and I were working on some uh, scripts and, and, and game shows. We were trying to you know, keep our family <laughs> fed and our uh, rent paid. And I got this phone call. They said, uh, hey, you ever seen the show MASH? I said, no. They said, well, they got, they got a part for you. Pays $250 for the day. And uh, I said, what's it about? He says, well, they'll tell you when you, when you get there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as Gene Reynolds is going to be. So at any rate, I, I get to the studio, and Gene ushers me into the uh, trailer. And there's this uh, woman's Army Corps uniform with these huge, uh, you know, size uh, 17 shoes uh, that they had <laughs> with, high with the high heels. And I, I said, oh, am I wrestling with an actress? He says, no, those are yours. Put them on. <laughs> so what the hell kind of part is this? <laughs> So I put them on, and of course, with the hairy yeah, bow legs. You thought you were grooming with somebody at first, didn't you? You thought you were. <laughs> Share the trailer. So at any rate, he started laughing with the hairy bow legs and that, and he took me out onto the set, and Loretta and Alan and everybody, they all started laughing and that. And I still didn't know what my dialogue was, I had no idea. And they, uh, they gave me the dialogue, and uh, I was supposed to come out. Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the gentleman that played the general. He, he was uh, on the Sorrel show. Book. Yeah, Sorrel yeah. Book. Thank you. He was on... Uh, 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 Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, he was uh, Boss Hogg. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, Boss but Hogg. He was, yeah, uh, yeah, he played General... At any yeah. rate, uh, and, and I said, oh, Halt, uh, who goes there? And he goes, oh, Klinger is still trying to get out of the uh, army and that. And I said, yes, Mary. And, and I go skipping <laughs> off into the night, you know? <laughs> and at the end of the show, supposedly, I come out totally naked and... and uh, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it's two hundred and fifty dollars for the day. Actually, this ter terrific. And I got called back about three or four times that year. And then the second year, I got called back about uh, thirteen times out of the show. And then, uh, then they put me finally under the contract. But Loretta will tell you this: uh, Mash was going to be canceled the first year because we were on against Wonderful World of Disney at eight o'clock on Sunday night. And out of the sixty-five shows. We were number 57. And Loretta, you know the story. You'll let Loretta tell her what, who saved it, who saved this. <laughs> Who's counting? Who saved our show. Yeah. You what, 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 what? Who saved our show. You remember Bill Paley's wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the chairman of, of uh, CBS who was going to cancel the show. And do you know the full story? No, you tell Oh, okay. I, well, I don't want to take up all the time, you know. <laughs> By turning profile, I'm not. Uh, everybody can still see you, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. All right. At any rate, that was they were going to cancel the show, and and Mrs. Paley liked the show, and she says, you know, Bill, I think it's the wrong time spot. It's the wrong day, and everything else. He says, well, okay. He says, what what should we do? He says, why don't we move the time spot? We'll move it to Saturday night, okay? And uh, this was going to be the lineup, and it turned out to be the greatest lineup in the history of television. You ready for this? First show was All in the Family, then was MASH, Mary Tyler Moore, The Bob Newhart Show, and The Carol Burnett Show. Wow. The greatest night in the history of television. People didn't go out to dinner, they didn't go to movies, they didn't. <laughs> and beside the Nielsen rating, they knew that the show and people were staying home because when the commercials came out, the water level and the toilet systems all over the cities went down. <laughs> they got up to go to the bathroom. Actually, there's an addendum to that true story. 
Uh, we were salvaged during the summer. People found us that because that the booking was so bad, the, the schedule was so bad against Disney and, and the timing was wrong. But in the summer, they found us and then we shot up, the, the ratings shot up and that's when she said, see, you know, you gotta do something about that. But uh, it's all God's work, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Well, that, and, and there's the correlation, too, of uh, you taking off in season two, and that's when Jeff Maxwell came on board. That's, that's what I think. Well, that would account for this. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Ryan, yeah, yeah. I'll give you the 10 bucks later. Thank okay? you. Thank, Thank you. you. Serving the worst <laughs> food in the army. <laughs> yeah, Jeff represents, uh, he was talking about us, but he represents our mini mash gang. They were, without a doubt, they were as important to the other characters on, on the show. We loved Jeff, we loved Kelly Nakahara, yeah. Roy Goldman, Dennis Troy, we knew all the names. It, it Connie was a Isaiah, family. Yeah, yeah. They were Car Carmine, Big Zelzer. family. Yeah, yeah. They, they, without them, believe me, they made the show uh, so so wonderful and uh, and I, and again, Jeff. I know never uh, know if I told you that in person, but it was always wonderful working with you. Uh, you're, and you're funny, funny. Thank yeah, you comedy so is wonderful. Funny. Yes, God, very, those very crazy funny. eyes of his. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like <laughs> you're always always afraid to eat the food. Okay, <laughs> Let's, we have afraid, Jeff wrote afraid. a cookbook. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> And it's actually edible. All right. Um, we have another the question. Book? Yeah, the, book <laughs> the book is, is edible, yeah, not exactly. the food in it, yes. Yeah. What's your name? The book. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my question is specifically for Loretta. Um, uh -oh. My name, I'm Vincent Zimmer. I'm actually the regional director of sales for Hallmark Greeting Cards. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have, folks. Thank that's you. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> not, not really. Um, wouldn't that have been awesome, though, if I was, like, uh, free autographs is, for the rest of the day? You like know, that? the thing is, I watch the Hallmark Channel. So, I mean... Uh, no, don't backpedal. I'm not really the guy, so it's okay. But my question for you is actually about Match Game. Oh, Match Game. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's it, a winner. It was, yeah. Uh, um, was Gene Rayburn really as handsy as he seemed to be on television? Define antsy? Hansy. 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 Oh, uh, Hansy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not with me, Buster. I'll bet not. <laughs> I'll bet not. No, they don't, you know, it was interesting when you were playing a major, how they'd back off a little bit, you know, because, you know, and of course, Margaret had this reputation of socking people out. <laughs> and know. a good right hook. And, yeah, you know. Uh, but, um, no, I think, I think he enjoyed fabricating that kind of reputation. He's a very nice man and uh, and, and and like people like Rosemary or you know they gave him what for. Mm -hmm. I, no, I don't I don't think so. I think he enjoyed that reputation. Okay, I'm gonna go so we can get another question in, but can I just get a real quick we want something else, maybe from the whole audience so I can put this come on. We want something else. We want something else. We want something else. <laughs> Thank you. This is awesome. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. With the <laughs> turban, <laughs> right? You mean there's no liver? Yeah, <laughs> or fish, no liver. yes. Hi, what's your name? Oh, hello. Uh, I'm Michael Davis. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I'm a Desert Storm veteran. Oh, thank and you. My girlfriend for your service. over here, her dad fought in the Korean War. Oh, so salute you. Thank you. We're here for Mass. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Great. My, my cousins are in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, okay. The Bojarab family. Yeah, they, uh, they were all farmers there. I used to go there. 
in the uh, summertime and uh, step in the cow poop to milk the cows. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> well, there's enough of them there. My, my question is, um, after MASH, uh, you know, lots of actors, they get voiceovers and things like that. Have you had any opportunities to be in, like, video games or any type of uh, cartoons as a voiceover that, for each one of you? I, uh, I did do a character on Batman, I think. It was just a couple of days, and I don't you know, remember. It was fun. I, I love looping. I love voiceover. I love that because you can, in looping, I used to love to loop because you can actually make it better if, if there was a problem with sound, that you get a chance to go into a, a small room, soundproof, and you see the screen, and you're recording over... Uh, your mistake or your whatever and uh, so I love doing that so voiceover was also uh, a lot of fun um, you did you do stuff like that when we when uh, no we actually uh, no I I, uh, I I did all those cannonball run movies yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> those were animated and, yeah <laughs> and, and 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 drank a lot with Dean Martin and uh, <laughs> oh the roast he did yeah. a roast yeah, yeah. no I, I you know everybody said you should have done voiceovers and that I and I, I never was hired for any voiceovers were you Jeff did you ever do any voiceovers I, uh, I played video games that's about it <laughs> close as I got I no but I mean anybody ask you to do the uh, you know like Bugs Bunny or anybody like, any of those kind of uh, things not that, not yet you yeah. know I'm still not, waiting me too I'm still <laughs> Right. But you guys are still available, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. If anybody's yeah. hiring. All right. I just want to say happy early birthday to Jeff. Oh, uh, yes. Thanks, Thank everybody. you very much. Tuesday. I appreciate okay. it. Jeff. Thank you. All right. Uh, now, we are running out of here. time, okay. so I think we have time for probably just one more question. Hi there. What, hi. What's your name? Um, hi. I'm Eric. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, just want to say, um, uh, what were um, William Christopher and Larry Linville like? Oh. Yeah. Who do you ask? No, you, you do oh, Larry Linville, I'll, I'll do Bill I'll, I'll do Larry. I did Larry, so I should do Larry. A lot, a lot. Mar Margaret did Frank. People will come up to me and say, Miss Twitch, say Frank. We can say Frank. I used to say, I make it two syllables, Frank. You know? And when you do something really stupid, Frank. Okay, uh, Larry Linville, divine, delicious, wonderful, so not like that character, and yet he played it so well, you believed it. I believed it, you know. It was just wonderful and thankless, you know, thankless. Not only that, he was, he, remember, he was aeronautic. He, he uh, built hang gliders and things. He was a really very, very wise and very oh. smart man. If you watch light, light, uh, Late Night, uh, like, on the Hallmark Channel, you'll see him... <laughs> You'll see him on um, Murder, She Wrote, mm -hmm. or um, I think he did a um, Columbo. Oh, yeah. He you is, see uh, him do another part. You go, actor. wait a minute. You almost don't recognize him. It's, it's, you know, he is wonderful. And a stage-trained actor makes a little bit of a difference, a lot, actually. That's the other thing. Most of us, were all uh, stage trained actors, uh, and that makes a big difference. David uh, Ogden Stiers could go and do King Lear on the weekend. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Or conduct a symphony orchestra. You have no idea. This guy's such a great writer. There's so many things, other things, that, that um, 
would love to share with you about us. It's not just those, those people we played. Why don't you all come over to our houses and we'll talk personally. <laughs> your house. You go to your house. Oh, you have, you have a bigger house. house. Oh, okay. I have you a bigger house. Yeah, it's the biggest house. Come on over. And your memories of Bill Christopher. Bill Christopher and I go way, way back. We lived in the same neighborhood in Studio City. Uh, long before we were acting together, uh, we happened to, uh, his wife would, and, and, uh, and Bill would, would walk around the neighborhood and my wife and I would walk and we'd say hello to them. I knew he was an actor and he knew I was an actor. And then we wound up uh, being on the, uh, the, the movie with Six She Get Egg Roll, yeah. uh, Doris Day's last movie. And I'm credited for putting her career uh, to... <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, uh, then uh, Bill and I uh, were dear friends. We did other things together, and, and he was actually on the show before I was. Uh, and then, uh, of course, he was a wonderful actor, and he also, one of his hobbies was studying Homeric Greek. Greek. Yeah, he actually took, had these books, and he would study the, the ancient Greek languages. He was a very, very brilliant, brilliant uh, man, and a, and a wonderful actor, very funny actor, and, and uh, very, very kind. Of, uh, he also, he and Barbara uh, uh, adopted a child and uh, the child was autistic and Bill uh, got involved with the, uh, the group that's in Philadelphia to do that. He was a very, very generous. They wrote thing. a book about it called Mixed Blessings. I mean, they're just very special people. Yeah. And Bill, I used to kid Bill about his character. I said, I am convinced that the way you play that priest brings people back to the church. Really, you yeah. know, he was yeah. just like the priest you want to talk to. He's not holier than thou. He was like a person. <laughs> he, he was he wonderful. And I, he and I lived uh, sort of in the same neighborhood, and so on the weekends we would meet in the market, <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, yeah, and go food. So, we, so we'd have nice little conversations over the rutabaga. You know, does this look like a good rutabaga? I don't know. <laughs> So he, he was a special guy. He was a sweet, charming, wonderful, warm You know, and, then, and Loretta will tell you that we're still in touch with his uh, widow, Barbara. We, we do call, we, as Loretta always says, we're still a family. We do check in with the, uh, the people that, uh, especially the spouses, uh, if they've, they've lost their spouse, we still check well, uh, in. Like some friends of mine will say, you know so-and-so is going to be doing so-and-so. No, please, don't. I have his schedule. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I talk to him every day. You know, but it, it's so sweet. But we are uh, an incredible bonded family. Yes. And um, and this is your reason. extended family right oh, here. Yes, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is the Mash family. Yes. yes. And uh, sadly, we are out of time. Uh, no. Yes. And I see apologize for everybody who, who didn't get their question. But come by and see Jamie and Loretta and Jeff. They'll be uh, at their booth signing. All day, we'll be there um, with pen poise. So, so if you have questions, you can you can do that when you're in line. But, but on before behalf, we, before we go, I'd like to say thank you to Ryan Patrick for yeah, being our yeah. Thank you, thank you, Ryan. That was very generous. And uh, because he and I do the podcast, Mash Matters. MC Award of the it. Year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> podcast. Thanks for uh, buying one of the Mudhen shirts. Yes. Too. That was you didn't nice. know they made them in this size, did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> um, on behalf of uh, Mash fans here and everywhere. Thank you for 50 years of laughs and wonderful memories. We really can't thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Farr, Loretta Swift, and Jeff Maxwell.
That was our conversation at Indiana Comic Convention. Now, if you would like to watch the video. Oh, I would. I would like to watch that. I was there, but I'd love to watch myself. So I'll, yes, thank you. How do I do that? Well, you can go to the show notes for this episode and we will have the link to that Q&A. So you, not only will you be able to listen to Jeff and Jamie and Loretta and myself, but you can see us. So are the listeners going to be able to ask a question when they're watching us? Well, they can ask the question, but I think this is a good time to let people know that when you talk to YouTube, YouTube can't answer back. Oh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm still learning that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there are doesn't... some people who think that YouTube is talking to them, but you know. Hi, Billy. Thanks for watching. <laughs> it's YouTube. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they kind of march to their own drummer. Yeah. Hey, before we get out of here, though, we want to say thank you to some folks who have supported us on Patreon. That is Private Robert Anderson. Private Jessica Blum. Corporal John Hatch. Corporal Melissa Pepin. Captain Ethan McCaffrey. Captain Joanna Gorman. Major Timothy Miles. And Major Charlie Lipset. Thank you for making this podcast possible. If you would like to support MASH Matters on Patreon, you can do that. MASHmatters.com slash support. All right, Jeff, that's it for this episode. I think so, and it was really fun. Thank you, Indiana, and thank you all to uh, all of you who came up to say hello and ask questions and ask for autographs and that stuff like that. Uh, it was a real blast. It was a great time uh, to have you there and to have you hosting the panel. So thank you, Indiana, again, and hope to see you again real soon. And until then, here's looking up your old address. 